0: the athletic presents hogan johns
1: i can't believe today was a good day again a game we're uh,
0: really proud of our offense to you know really click and and play well and i thought mitchell did a great job of commanding the offense and making smart decisions three for three now trubisky and throwing again but the pressure is on he dumps it off into the end zone is done
3: the Chicago Bear touchdown.
1: David ran his tail off. David
3: Montgomery straight ahead, and that's a Bears touchdown.
1: The first down from the 14 of Minnesota,
0: trying to get more. to Montgomery, who has a hole. Montgomery to the end zone. What a run for the Bears, and a touchdown. As far as defense, I thought that they made some big-time stops at crucial situations in this game.
1: Hand off. He That is an outstanding job from the guys up front for the Chicago Bears. Cousins is going to throw if he can. In the air. And the Bears defense does it
3: again. Vikings need a Hail Mary from Cousins in the end zone. Tipped in the air. Intercepted. Intercepted. And the Bears have sealed it. I can't believe today was a good day. Now, here to do their part. Here to contribute to the win. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. You guys are
4: awesome. No, you're awesome. No, so you are awesome, sir. You are awesome, Excuse me. <laughs> and from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns.
2: Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. Nail that like a split hole. I'm not
3: going lot lie you, feel good. Strap it down. It's Hogan Johns. Yes, indeed, it was a good day, Adam Johns, for the Chicago
4: Bears. I like the ice cube. I, I got a. Um, was that? Home Alone too for for my name reference as well Fuller Home Alone one.
3: Well, I thought that was uh was it a combination of two things? Cause I thought there was some Talladega Nights in there too. There was some okay. Talladega
4: Nights in there, uh, but there was also um, Hey Fuller, take it easy in the past. Uh, yeah. Come on, Home yeah, Alone yeah, yeah. one. Yes, the guy wets the bed, the kid wets the bed. No one wants to sleep with them. how Kevin ends up upstairs, and you know this is the shuttle. No, well. Okay. The Bears did not wet their bed today.
3: I'll say that. Uh, Pretty good performance. Not a whole lot to complain about. Definitely, I'm sure we'll get to the defense at some point because that seems to be an issue. But the big question that we all had going into this game was could Mitch Trubisky and this Bears offense keep that momentum going that they've been building against a tougher defense? And they did. At one point, six straight scoring drives after the three and out to start the game. They scored on seven of their last eight possessions in this game, the only one being the interception, which was a bad interception. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. But overall, I mean, considering where this offense was a month ago, Adam Johns, this is incredible. 36
4: points. That's not a fluke. <laughs> like, I get the, the Texans game or the Texans win had some of those. Flukish qualities, like you just didn't want to believe what the Bears were doing. But we've said on this podcast several times, or we've detailed several times, how the Vikings defense, the young defense, was improving. Heard it from Chad Graff just a few days ago, a Vikings beat writer for the Athletic. That was an impressive offensive performance, even with that, that awful interception by Mitch Trubisky at the end. That was a good offensive performance all the way around. You did give them three extra points there, though. There's 33 to 27. 33 to 27. I said 36. Yeah. But you wanted, that's okay. You wanted to
3: give our guy Carlos an extra field goal. And uh, Carlos Santos. He had a
4: good day. Hell yeah.
3: He's had a good good season. (laughs) Guys, what's it up
4: to? Uh, 22 in a row now? 22 in a row. Wow.
3: That's a heck of a story. And so here's the question Can the Bears actually get into the playoffs now that they have a kicker to use in the playoffs?
4: Yeah. How about that? How about that? Um,. I think they have still like an, 80, uh, an 80% chance of making the playoffs if they went out. They definitely need some help. The Eagles did not give that to them today, but what a fun storyline Cairo Santos has become for the Bears.
3: Yeah, let's, uh, that's actually a decent place to start here. We actually waited to record the podcast tonight because of that Eagles-Cardinals game. Uh, and the Eagles tried. Jalen Hurts, heck of a game. Saved my fantasy season. You
4: You hide hard. You know,
3: I may have argued to get Jalen Hurts on the Bears. They did not listen, but I put my money where my mouth is, and I had him on my fantasy team for half the season, waiting for this moment, and he delivered. He did not do enough to help the Eagles beat the Cardinals, though, today. Uh, Fun game down in Arizona, but in the end, the Cardinals won. So the Bears still need some help. However, a couple other games have gone the Bears' way. Um... One of them that we didn't even consider, uh, and this kind of goes a little bit deeper down the path, but the Rams losing to the Jets. First of all, what a leak that that could happen. But like what a leak. But it did. And so the Jets might lose out on Trevor Lawrence. Now, the reason that has some significance for the Bears is that uh, there was a scenario where maybe the Rams would be locked into a seed and not have to play their starters in Week 17. I guess that's still theoretically possible, but losing doesn't help. So good chance the Rams, when they play the Cardinals in Week 17, will be playing for something. And on the Packers' side of things, they win. As we are starting to record here, the Saints are down 10 points to the Chiefs. If the Saints lose, that means that all the Packers need to do to clinch the number 1 seed is win next week. Now they have a tough game against the Titans. It's at home. Um, but a win for the Packers could set up a scenario, Adam Johns, where Aaron Rodgers is not playing in Week 17. Why are you skipping the Jaguars?
4: Oh, is that who the Bears play next week? Yes. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my (laughs) mind around, or at least come up with ideas that the Jaguars can use to ensure that they get the number one overall pick. That's what they have right now.
3: Yeah. Well... I can't figure out if the Jets losing today makes me more worried about the Bears losing to the Jaguars. I mean, theoretically, it should have the Jaguars extra tanky.
4: Yes. But you saw what happened today with the Jets. It's crazy. It's a crazy league, and the Bears are on the road in Jacksonville. Um, Did you hear Jason Kelsey's comments like last week where he says that no team – Plays to, to see young guys develop or worry about draft position. Did you see that one kind of viral? Yeah. online, right? So I thought about that, you know, for this week because, or for next week because if there's one team who would never take Jason Kelsey's advice <laughs> into consideration, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Like if if there's one team that would go out of its way to find ways to continue tanking in order to get Trevor Lawrence, now that the Jets have lost, like it, they're the team that would. I don't know. Play Mike Glennon for a quarter, then Gardner Minshew for another, or just do something absurd to make it happen. I I don't know what um, is on the table for them. They've already fired the GM, but (laughs) if you have faith in anybody trying to tank, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars.
3: Well, look, regardless of tanking or not tanking, the Jaguars are awful football team, and the Bears are trending in the right direction. And as you know, as many issues as we might bring up about the defense here recently. They should not be giving up 30 points to the Jaguars next week no. if they do, that's a major problem and quite frankly the playoffs don't matter as it stands, the chances of the Bears winning the playoff game not very likely but they're going to need their defense to have any chance and so if they're giving up 30 points to the Jaguars for any reason, that would be uh, that would be extra concerning so um, yeah I I
4: skipped the Jaguars in that <laughs> whole thing I did. I have one more thought on this. Okay. Can we call this, like, Adam Gase's revenge on New York? Because he's out of there, right? He's going to get fired. He's not coming back. There, there's no way that Joe Douglas is, is retaining Adam Gase, I right? I can't so imagine. This is just, yeah. I just love the irony of Adam Gase coaching this team into a victory and potentially costing them the chance to pick the, the next surefire quarterback coming out of the draft. Like, since Andrew Luck, since Peyton Manning, that's how good everybody thinks – Trevor Lawrence is going to be.
3: Yeah, I, and I think he is too. So I, I, the headlines in New York tomorrow morning should be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah, yes, those. Yes. it was a very Jets thing to do today to go out and beat one of the better teams in football. Um, I don't know. Of all the teams that I would not have pictured losing to the Jets, the Rams are so well coached that, ah, man, and at home too. Just crazy. Um, let's get back to the Bears though because – they do win today. Um, it was a pretty good football game overall. I mean, the the Vikings didn't go away. The Bears were in control, really, from start to finish, which I thought was significant. The offense, you know, if you want to nitpick, could have finished some drives and touchdowns instead of field goals, but you have that many drives and that many drives are getting into the red zone. A couple of them are going to end up stalling out, and you're playing a decent defense, too. So, I mean, really, when you look at the offensive line, the running game, David Montgomery, Mitch Trubisky doing enough to win football games.
4: I, I this is just amazing how this has turned around in a month. <laughs> it's, so my column Like right now, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable for, even for me to have, for us to entertain this conversation. But I, I think Mitch Trubisky is seriously, and I, and I mean seriously, playing himself into a new contract with the Bears.
3: Okay, what like, kind of contract?
4: Maybe maybe a one year deal. Maybe how about like a two year deal with like a, a a club option for the second year. Like so, something. At what point where, is he playing himself
3: into a bigger deal though with a different team?
4: Yeah. Well, if that happens, I think the Bears should actually have those conversations because that means a lot of things went really well, right? Maybe.
3: I am I, I gotta be honest and I because
4: I had friends texting me here in the last couple hours
3: like what does this mean for Mitch is he gonna come back and I I, I can't process all that right now like I, I really <laughs> can't there, there's too many layers I tried no it, it's well I, I haven't read what you wrote I'm looking forward to it and we should say I mean our listeners should go read it theathletic.com theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns the great athletic app you should be subscribed if you're not go check it out um I I just, there's so many layers to that. Would Mitch even want to come back? What does the coaching staff look like? Is Nagy going to keep, you know, if Nagy's back next year, is he going to keep running this offense? Or is he going to say, no, I don't want Trubisky here. I want a different quarterback. I want to run my But who is that
4: quarterback that is better, that feels better, that looks better, that has the potential to be better than Mitch Trubisky? And and I know we're getting away from the game here a little bit, but... Think think about that, and I, I know you had your Dak Prescott scenario. Well,
3: and, and I it, look, and and that's that's the answer to your question, and that's a long shot. So
4: I'm with you on this.
3: I I, I think there is wholeheartedly a, a situation, uh, a very likely situation where Mitch Trubisky might be the best option for the Bears in 2021. I'm not yeah. I'm not arguing that. It's it's a very real possibility, but that still takes two to tango and sign a deal, and or at what point are you all of a sudden talking about? No, you can't talk about franchise tagging him. Can you? You
4: might have, a, you might have to franchise tag uh, a receiver. Yeah. I mean, My Chicago accent got really thick there for a second.
3: <laughs> that guy you haven't re-signed yet. You might have reason. to franchise tag
4: a receiver. Yeah. At $18.1 million or something like
3: that. Or transition tag. I don't know. Um. Yeah, it's a. Look, that, I guess here,
4: here's my point on this. Like we we know you have these 48 games of Mitch Trubisky, but there's this smaller sample size that's developing here, that's very intriguing. Like it, like it just has to feel intriguing because here the Bears are seven and 7 and seven, with a seven and seven, 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 and seven, seven, and seven the record, seven seven record. It should be eight and six. <sighs> yes, should be eight and six. Thank you, Detroit. Although the Lions not gonna can say ha- we, that they should
3: have won week one. So. It's true. I don't know. It so, all yeah, evens there, out. there it is,
4: yes. So you're not going to have a swing at the, one of the top quarterbacks, right? Are you going to make a, a major swing in free agency? Like who? Phillip Rivers, Cam Newton's the same uh, guys from last year. Yeah. Yuck. It's a bunch of yuck. Do you trade for Matthew Stafford and all that money? Do you trade for Dak Prescott and all that money? Prescott, yes. Stafford, no. Yeah. I don't know why the Cowboys would do it still. but
3: Well, especially yeah. now they, they, that the Cowboys, that might be out the window. When I wrote that, it looked like the Cowboys might have a top five pick. Yeah. Now they're winning. They may end up in the playoffs themselves.
4: Yeah. Our producer, Kent, is very <laughs> uh, happy about that. No, i so, <laughs> yeah. no. Thanks, Kent. So what, what, what you have is this, this, this unique sample size that's growing. You have two more games left. Where Mitch Trubisky is playing extremely well. And, and then it's beyond him. The offensive line is working. David Montgomery had a monster game today. Monster game. Allen Robinson is still producing. Darnell Mooney is a serious threat. Cole Komet was quiet today, but you know what he could do. At least what the, the Bears feel it like he can do. But this smaller sample size must feel very... Encouraging and, and very intriguing for the Bears right now,
3: but I also think it's important, and this gets to what I wrote about on NBCSportsChicago.com. You know, I I still think it's very important to keep things in the perspective of this is really like a whole offense right now. I don't, I don't like. I don't think anyone's out there saying Mitch is the full reason why all of a sudden the offense is turned around. I think the offense is turned around because. Not only did they make the switch back to Mitch, but they made they put the offense back to how it should be with Mitch running it. You know if that makes sense. It's 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 the whole picture. It's them because it's not just doing things that help Mitch. It's also doing things that help the offensive line, and Mitch helps the offensive line. We've talked about this end, endlessly, but also the things that they're doing in the running game, the um, the schemes that they're running. Are friendlier to the offensive line and helping mask some of the issues up front. The switches certainly help too, no question about it. It's all it's like all of the above. The answer is all of the above. It's helping everything. And so what I the, the gist of what I wrote, Johns, is that it it seems like Matt Nagy has a has finally accepted Mitch Trubisky for what he is. And that is A quarterback you can win with if you scheme to his strengths and away from his weaknesses. And I think it took way too long to get to that point. But Matt Nagy is accepting that and running this offense with Bill Lazor calling the plays. And it is my advice to Bears fans out there, no matter which side of the Trubisky fence you're on, is to do exactly what Matt Nagy's doing. Accept Mitch for what he is. He's an imperfect quarterback that can still win a lot of football games. And that's what you're seeing right now.
4: I think this is where we remind everybody to go listen to Matt Bowen's episode from earlier this week. Just because there's a simplification taking hold here with the Bears offense doesn't mean Trubisky's not a player. You saw the you saw the Vikings run a very similar offense today for Kirk Cousins. The Browns do it, the Titans do it in a different way, 49ers do it. They're making life easier for Trubisky, and that's okay. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there like that who are imperfect
3: quarterbacks that can win a lot of games. Kirk Cousins is a good example. Um, and, you know, that's why this gets into, a, to me, a bigger discussion in the offseason because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like, yeah, but wait a minute, you make fun of Kirk Cousins all the time. And that's where it's... <laughs> It, this is really the biggest conundrum there is in football, in the NFL. The difference between a quarterback you can win a lot of games with and a quarterback that you can win because of and win Super Bowls usually with those guys. And I, At this point, I don't think that Mitch is ever going to become that guy that you win because of. But that doesn't mean... That right now, he's not the right choice. And so there's like a difference here. You can argue about now, and you can argue about the future. Right now, and this is what I think this podcast has been arguing about pretty much for most of the season, when we were both saying it was time to go back to Mitch, he was the right guy for right now if the coaching staff would accept him. And that's what's happened. And they are winning games. And that's why when you brought up like the offseason and re-signing him, like I'm just not ready for that conversation right now. <laughs> I, I don't. It's a different conversation. It's a legitimate conversation, but I need to know who's in charge. I need to know who's running the offense. I need to well, know who's calling the plays. Well, look
4: at Look at look at it this way. Mitch Trubisky is saving these guys' jobs. He is. Ryan Pace, thank you, Mitch. Matt Nagy, thank you, Mitch. Bill Lazor, give me a big hug, Mitch. Like the Bears, this offense, this identity that they have, it's partly, like you said, it's because of what Mitch is as a quarterback. It's driven by that, and it helps to have an offensive line that's working well within it. And it's helping to. It helps to have David Montgomery running the way he is, but it's, you know, it, Mitch is up there too for the reasons. And if if these guys return, if they all return, and right now it's starting to look that way, they're seven and seven, right? The Mitch shouldn't he return too? Maybe like up until that interception, which was not intended for JP Holtz, by the way. Up in, until that interception, he was having a good game, a really good game, efficient, in rhythm, sharp, good decisions. Maybe one bad throw, one bad throw before that.
3: But see, and that's why it, that's part of accepting Mitch. You have to accept that that's going to happen. Like you don't have, but that's part of why the the equation is different in the offseason. Like, do you accept that going forward? As you can you improve on the quarterback position? Sure, if you can, if you can realistically find an option better, then you should do it. But I just that's tough. What I'm saying right now, though, in the present, is you got to know there's that chance that he's going to throw that pick at the end, and that's why I hated the play design there. I, I hated everything about it, and Nagy fairly pointed out when I asked him about it after the game that J.P. Holtz was in Demetrius Harris's spot.
4: Well, then maybe he shouldn't run the play.
3: Yeah, you know, and yeah, I know, like, off, yeah. he wasn't the target, but he seemed too close to Robinson. Something wasn't right there. He
4: ran his route
3: and his guy right into the, <laughs> the route of Allen Robinson. And, and what I hate the most about that play, I don't know if you how close you watched it, John, but there's five receivers. And five offensive linemen. And all five receiving options go mid to deep in the end zone, like across the board. Yeah, And there's seven in coverage, so the Vikings all drop back. They have the entire end zone covered. Where's the underneath option? Especially in a situation where the worst thing you can do there is throw a pick. How do you not have a check down option? And you can say, yeah, you don't need a check down because you should just throw the ball out of the back of the end zone if nothing's open, but... If you're going to bring everybody deep, why not have one crossing underneath option to give you at least the potential of running into the end zone there. Uh and I forget, was that a goal to go situation?
4: Yeah. Okay. 3 yard line? Right? Yeah, 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 that's right.
3: I just I didn't like the play design. I thought it I thought it was like the one exception to everything I've been saying of them accepting Mitch for what he is. You got to know that he there's a chance that if you run that play, he's going to throw a pick. I didn't like it.
4: I would just ran the ball. Could have done that too. Twice even, even the possession before that, the one that ended with a field goal. Um, I would have ran David Montgomery a little bit more, but
3: well, Nagy was quick to run it on the next possession. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now we're well. I shouldn't. I don't know Nagy. Yeah, that, that's a situation that where a head coach probably tells Bill Lazor, "Yeah, run the ball here."
4: Yeah. You know, here's three wrong plays. And
3: by the way, that's normal. I want to point that out. That's not like Nagy stepping in the
4: lasers. That's normal for a head Well, coach he should either. step into a lot of things. He's the head coach. Yeah, but
3: that's, I mean, that's, I just, I don't want people to be like, oh, who's calling the plays? That's a very yeah. common situation where the head coach says, hey, look, I want to run here, not pass. This is a time management call.
4: How crazy is it that this, this conversation has changed this much?
3: It, it um, it's cra- it, the reason why it's extra crazy is because the Bears still lost that game to the Lions. Like, they should be on a three-game winning streak here. And I don't even know. To me, because I was holding off for a while to even, like, even have the conversation about people getting fired, and then that Lions collapse was so epic that that was the first time I was really willing to be like, all right, I, I don't know what I can defend anymore. There, it looks like changes need to be made. But what I also said, and you said the same, we've been on this. You know they're still playing hard for the guy, for Nagy. I mean, he never lost the locker room, and that matters. And you're seeing why that matters right
4: now. Well, what you had was back-to-back games, back-to-back losses against divisional rivals. One that was ugly against the Packers, and one that was near miraculous by the Lions. And like George McCaskey should have been thinking about cleaning house. Something would be wrong with him if he wasn't.
3: Well, I still think they should entertain changes at the top. By the way,
4: Ted Phillips. Yes. Well, yeah, it's probably time.
3: I, yeah, I like. Time. I. I don't think anything changes in that conversation. Um, and I still think there's a, a a very fair debate about Ryan Pace. And you look at the grand scheme of things in six years and what that looks like and look at his contract with one year to go but I also think that the way this is trending right now that I mean I don't know how you extend him but giving him this last year of his contract because you know Nagy's not going to want Pace to go anywhere those two are still tight I don't think anything has changed there but I do think it opens up again not to get completely off track but if you're going to bring Mitch back you have to come back with the same offense you can't Correct. try to run it back, and Nick Foles is still going to be there. So what happens if Mitch just, gets hurt?
4: Yeah, and well, number one, you just can't start your conversations with anybody being like Nick Foles is the only guy we have under contract. That's what we're sticking with. Like That should not work. That should not fly. No, I'm with you on that. With anybody. that's With all due respect to Nick Foles, I think things, I don't want to say have passed him by, but his prime has. Let's be honest. That Super Bowl magic that he had, I don't think it, ex- it exists anymore. Um, but he could still be a valuable backup, valuable mm-hmm. mentor for Trubisky, or maybe another young quarterback, whoever that might be, draft whatever. But um, Trubisky is probably your best option to winning. Like in terms of Ryan Pace, like today must have felt really good because the running back that he traded up for last year, David Montgomery, guy they praised or heaped a lot of praise upon last year when they moved up for him, had another outstanding performance. Mm-hmm. You get him on the second level, Adam, how dangerous does he look? I just love how he finishes runs. Always a couple more yards. Like, he is a beast to try
3: to tackle. Some of those collisions, man, if I'm a defensive player, I would not <laughs> – I would be worried going head-to-head with David Montgomery. Um. So on that topic, we're not going to play Nagy. We might play Montgomery, but – we're not gonna play Nagy, but <laughs> did, were you on Nagy's call today? I was. Okay. So, what was your reaction when he said, "quote You see when Trubisky has to throw the ball, tw- tw- you see when Trubisky has to throw the ball twenty one times, and we're able to run the ball with the running back for thirty two attempts. It makes offense a lot easier, and it's effective."
4: Like I don't think it's a criticism of Trubisky. I think.
3: No, it's just I could just hear the,
4: Bears fans everywhere, everywhere going. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no the, uh, kidding, Matt. <laughs> like yes, yes. Where's this been? Now I'll say this in defense of Matt Nagy. This is the best offensive line in terms of producing holes for a running back to have momentum with, to have vision with, to have you know in, in an attempt to have a rushing attempt. It's already on the second level. Like that hole that he scored on for his what was his 14-yard touchdown? Yeah. Sam Mustafer and Cody White here. That hole was enormous. They've been great. And I got to say Sam Mustafer. Sam
3: Mustafer and Cairo Santos. Just two like two guys that just come out of nowhere this year. Nowhere. And I'd say the Mustafer thing's even more unlikely. I mean, I know that they've kept him around so you know. But like I'm going back to training camp and because you always knew James Daniels um, could be the backup center. Like if Cody Whitehair ever went down, you could always play Daniels at center. It always felt like Mustafa was like your third stringer. But they didn't cut him. They didn't get rid of him. And so that's always an indication that they still like the guy. But I didn't see any scenario where he's out there saving the Bears season.
4: Yeah. Been better than good too. Like I'm I'm, 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 I'm envisioning the runs by David Montgomery today, and like he's been better than good. He's been outstanding. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially given his experience in, given how he's just thrown in there a few weeks ago, and
3: and I was going back, I was uh, catching up on some tape this week, and I, um, his first game actually wasn't the best. Like I was seeing, but you know, he's, he's playing like playing his first game. And so then he gets hurt. And so I really was not expecting this, you know, when we were, when he was out for a few games and then you had the bye week and you're talking about him coming back and what the offensive line was going to look like. And we really didn't know what it was going to look like. I wasn't thinking at all that like Sam muster coming back was going to be the solution to the season. Go figure. It's
4: 2020, man. Uh, <laughs> like, anything like, can happen. That's, that, that, that's how. Like Alex Barr's good. Charles Leno Jr. had a good game today, I thought. Yes. He had a nice block on that run you were talking about, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Jermaine Fetti, For all the criticism of him being a right tackle for the Seahawks, how many times has his name come up over the past few weeks?
3: Not a lot, and that's a good thing.
4: Very good thing. Yeah. Very good thing. Maybe entertain. Resigning signing him on a one-year proof-of-deal as well, if you're, you know, in that type of mode, Bears. But
3: hey, man, you've, offensive... you've gone from firing everybody to oh, re-signing everybody. Yeah, this yeah. is I, amazing.
4: I, I know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I confuse. Them. I sometimes I go back and read what I wrote a couple weeks ago. I'm like, okay, I got to keep perspective. I got to yeah. keep perspective. But <laughs> it's hard. I, you know what? Though then, that's why this league's
3: so great, John's.
4: Yeah. 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 Like I, I was convinced that. As bad as things got against the Lions and the Packers. Like, that was bad. The Packers game was awful. But at the same time, like, Trubisky was coming back from injury. You know how that goes. Like, we you know what the history says about that. Well, there were good offensive signs in that game. Yeah. And then there was great offens- offensive signs against the Lions. Defense blows it. I'm like, oh, this this is getting worse. But then the Texans game comes about. Like, if, if that game wasn't, like, a resounding win... I don't think I would come off as optimistic after that. Like if it was a close win with Cairo Santos hitting like a 38-yarder for mm-hmm. the win. But they beat him up. And look at the Colts struggling today against the Texans. That was game all the way up until the end. No, last
3: week's win, last week's win was a big enough beatdown that in the NFL where... You could have the Jets beat the Rams on a given day. Like, you you got to give the Bears credit for what they did. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson was still out there. And that's why it was a bit of an eye-opener. Um, and this Vikings team, who they played today, is hard to figure out. And I thought overall the Vikings played pretty well today. You know, I didn't... I didn't now, I'm sure they would probably complain about their defense because they allowed Mitch Trubisky and the Bears to to do all this and run all over them. But, you know, I, I thought the Bears dictated a lot of that. I, I, I thought that, you know, the, the, uh, after Trubisky beat them on a single high man-to-man coverage look on the second drive when he hit uh, Robinson for like 24 yards on that nice catch. Uh, by the way, Allen Robinson, not a top 10 receiver, according to our guy, the Catman, who I yeah. argued with this week. Okay, keep thinking that. Robinson's pretty good. I'd still love to see him play with a a great quarterback. Um, Anyway, since after Mitch beat him on that, for the most part, Zimmer did what you should normally do against Trubisky, play a lot of shell, cover two, zone him out, try to make him read. But this goes back to what we've seen. Instead of forcing Mitch or asking Mitch to make these tough reads, simplify it, roll them out, cut the field in half. And there were still a couple times where he didn't get to his right progression early on in that game. He had Cole Komet open on third down, and he didn't get it to him. And uh, obviously the interception was bad, but that gets back to what I was talking about earlier. He's not going to be perfect. No quarterback really is, but yes. Right, you accept that, you scheme to it, you're going to have a better chance of success. That's
4: what we're seeing. This season, man, it has been a crazy, crazy. And the Jaguars are next.
3: By the way, to that point, Darnell Mooney, after the game, is talking to us, and here he is. He's a rookie. He's never been in this league before, and he had that same kind of reaction. He's just like, "This season's been crazy, man."
4: <laughs> like he has nothing to compare it to. No, no. But he has that. Like that. Like his reference point is a 2020 season played in the pandemic. <laughs>
2: Welcome to the NFL, buddy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
3: Okay, Johns, we talked about it earlier. 32 carries for David Montgomery. We're finally seeing the Bears I mean, today they pretty much ran the offense through him, and that's probably what they should do. 146 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Uh, as long as run went for 19, quite a day for David Montgomery.
4: He runs violent. Yeah. Chicago's got to love that. I love that. And this this little old school football coming out of David Montgomery.
3: Yeah. I mean, and you can still see, you know, the difference between him and Dalvin Cook with the burst, um, but. You know, that's why David Montgomery went in the third round, not the first. Um, but really good player. Uh, deserves the attention, especially today. So let's go ahead and hear what David Montgomery had to say after
1: the game. Yeah, David, it's the third week in a row you all have scored a lot of points. Um, do you feel like you have truly found an identity as a team, and as an offense specifically? Uh, I Definitely we're, we're on the right um, path to finding it. Um, we're doing a hell of a job. Um, just trusting in each other, but we still got a lot of work to do.
3: Dan Weeder,
0: David, could you walk us through what you saw on your second touchdown run, the, the 14 yarder, and, and just kind of how that play unfolded in front of you?
1: Yeah. Um, the old line just opened up a the crease as they've been doing. Uh, the receivers blocking their tails off. And I just seen it and I hit it. So I uh, kept my legs going and was able to get in there.
0: To have uh, the, the workload today that you had and to have that trust. What's your mindset when when you're given the opportunity to to be the guy and to get 30-plus touches?
1: Uh, make it count. You know, let's let's not regret giving me that many carries. And, you know, let me make sure that I'm uh, show my own line that I'm going to give them everything that I got, show the wide receivers that I'm going to give them everything that I got every chance I get. So um, that was just the main thing with me, so that I um, let them know they got all of me. Coming fish man.
0: David, what's been like for you the last couple of weeks to be able to kind of run with a lead and not just being run to gain gar- yards, but running to you know keep possession of the ball and, and help your defense out?
1: Yeah, it's been fun, man. It's been fun um, being able to go out there to just, you know, let it loose, cut it loose. And, and just have fun with the guys around you. So just being able to get that opportunity to do that has been the best for me. So um, we just excited. We, it's now this game behind us. We like to the draw more fair and we can fix so we can get better. Phillips. Hi, David. Uh, congratulations on another big game. Um, how impressed have you been with the offensive line from week one up and up to now far as just the progression on everything? Yeah, just seeing it from week one to now is definitely like um, a full 360 seeing how those guys, um, because we were running a new scheme. So, uh, now everybody's getting it down. It's, it's going well. So we, off, we started trusting to each other. We're having fun doing it. So um, they've been working their tails off. You know, kudos and hats off to those guys. Like I said, <laughs> Sam being the leader, Alex being who he is, Charles being who he is, Cody being who he is, and Fetty, they all just come together. Their personalities just make that line so much more better. So I appreciate those guys for everything that they do and how they come to work.
2: Thanks,
1: dude.
0: Talk about David, this has been such a big turnaround for the running game from, you know, the middle of the season. What's the best way to illustrate or explain just what that groove that you and the offensive line, just the offense in general with the run game, feel like you're in? What's what's the best way to say just how good that feels
3: or what is actually happening out there?
1: Uh just one word, really, and it's just trust. You know, me trusting in them and them trusting them to me. Um, and the guys around us, um, the right receivers trusting in me, and me trusting in them. It's all that's what it all falls down on. is just trust, trusting in each other, um, from the first snap to the last snap. So that's merely what it is.
0: Is this a result of, of of the progression of the season going through the tough times, or could this have happened earlier in the year if you if if things have been different, you know, uh, you know, from the start?
1: Uh, that's just kind of how the season goes. You know, there's ups, there's downs, but you can't get too high with the highs or too low with the lows. You know? You know, you can't get too emotional with the good and too emotional with the bad. So you just got to stay consistent, stay level, uh, and go to work every day with the same mentality, You're just getting better and making guys around you better as well. Thank you. And Reader.
0: David, was there any point today where you thought about being at home for the last Vikings game and not being able to play a month ago when you played them?
1: Uh, yeah, it sucked. Um, so I wanted to be sure that I go out there and kill those guys, everything I had, because I felt like, I sold them short by missing the game. You know, I feel like I um, didn't give them everything I had because I wasn't out there. Um, so just being able to go out there and show those guys that I, I love them, you know, they get everything out of me. So um, it good.
0: How do you describe what the atmosphere was post-game in that locker room, given that you guys now have, have won two in a row, you've found your you a little bit offensively, and now the, the, the playoffs are a little bit more realistic?
1: Yeah, honestly, it's just been – it, it was a – it was exciting, but at the same time, like like I said last week, we want to focus, you know, because it's right there for us. We just got to take it one practice at a time, one game at a time. All
3: right, we got time for one more from Kevin Fishman.
0: David, when you're in a game like this do you, and you get this many carries, can you really feel the impact that has on the defense? As you get that first contact, can you kind of feel the way you're
1: impacting them because you've been able to run it so well throughout the game? Uh yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, from the first snap to the last, you can always uh kind of tell um like how the defense is gonna play against you, you know, how the defense, how the D line's flowing, how the linebackers are flowing And, you know, being able to just keep going and keep puncturing, you know, that takes a toll on defenses. So, you know, it was able to take a toll today and you know, we were able to capitalize off of it. All
3: right, there he is, David Montgomery. Thought we'd give him some love today, which he deserves. As the Bears beat the Vikings
4: 33 to 27, right. 33 touches. Oh, sorry. To, go ahead. 33 touches. And my favorite quote from that was early on, where he, where he's like, um, "Let's not regret giving me that many carries." Where you know, like he wants it, mm-hmm. wants to, to make it count, as he said, and you know he does try to get everything he can with every single touch. That he gets. Does he not like always fighting for yards, always going forward? Just another impressive game for him, really. You know what's incredible? I was just looking at some of these
3: numbers from the game. The offensive numbers are so similar. Bears had 397 total yards, the Vikings had 407. The Bears had 64 offensive plays, the Vikings had 66 plays. So both teams averaged 6.2 yards per play. Which, by the way, is too much for both (laughs) if you're on the defensive side. Which is a good transition to what we have to talk about before we get out of here. This Bears defense has way too much talent and way too much money invested on that side. To look as bad as they look today. And I realized that they were down two corners. I didn't think their corners were the problem, though. Maybe on a couple plays here and there. Obviously, they had that busted coverage for the touchdown early, uh, where they where both Duke Shelley and Kendall Vildor went to towards uh, Justin Jefferson and left Adam Thielen open. But man, I, I don't know how to explain it
4: because they're not playing well enough. No, no. Um can I start like on a happy note, though? Okay. I thought I had it. I really thought I had it. I thought I was going to get it today, my bold prediction.
3: So what was your bold prediction again?
4: Because I thought you did have it. Sack and a half.
3: Did he get the half? Oh. Uh, so he just got the one.
4: He just got the, the strip one. He sack. was close to the half. Yeah, another strip sack. He's got two strip sacks this year.
3: Uh, the official numbers.
4: On Robert yep. Quinn. Just, just one sack. Okay. Two tackles, one sack, one forced fumble.
3: Yeah, I feel like, like in spirit, you got it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
4: yes, but uh,
3: I like you, that. What was mine? I, the, I don't know, even
4: remember mine. Eddie Jackson. Did you see like there was he's fr- he's what? frustrating out there? That that the res- long reception, the I know long what running catch say. by the tight end by the sideline. What was that?
3: I thought he was running at like sixty percent
4: speed. How about stopping and not tackling the guy and let him go right by you? I, I, For how many more yards? Fifteen.
3: And there was a there was a play with I, Kyle Fuller that was like that, where he wasn't guys. covering the guy, but then like he had the opportunity to come over and tackle him. And he just didn't. that
4: was a touchdown. Yes, that was yeah, a touchdown. that touch- was their touchdown. So when you, when you're I think it's easy to get on um, Robert Quinn because the $30 million guarantee, Leonard Floyd's having a good year for uh, the, I was going to say the Jets, but the Rams, you know, Rams just lost to the Jets. Um, I get all that, but, like, what's going on with Kyle Fuller? What's going on with Eddie Jackson? Talking about money invested, those guys got big-time contracts, do they not? Yeah.
3: I, I, I'm i with you. I, Where are
4: I, their game-changing plays?
3: I don't think Eddie Jackson's had a good season. And I think Deshaun Gibson's been sort of up and down, but sort of what you expected. Like, the expectations aren't that high for him. He's not getting paid what Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller are. And even up front today, like, so at least you got that big
4: play from Robert Quinn. Um, You Ma- saw Cleo Mack all day. Mack had a half a sack. That defensive line is playing out of uh, like outstanding football. Doesn't matter who it is, Brent Urban, yeah, John Jenkins, Bilal Nichols.
3: So you know what? Maybe going back and watching the tape, I will see more of the secondary issues today, and maybe missing Jalen Johnson. I because Nichols, Bilal Nichols, has been great. He had three quarterback hits, and Akeem Hicks had three quarterback hits today too. Those guys were active up front, so. The pass rush was there. You got to make plays on the back end, In Eddie Jackson's season it's just not been a good one.
4: I don't think Jalen Johnson's absence for injury should absolve Eddie Jackson or Kyle Fuller. I don't think they should be. It should be an excuse for like having them, having Eddie Jackson, Gibson, and Fuller, having them overcompensate for having Duke Shelley. In Kendallville, door out there. Like, no. No. I think we've seen enough from 39 and 23 this season to warrant some criticism. I really do.
3: I agree. Um, well, they got to get that figured out because their worst game of the season came against the Green Bay Packers. And you st- you might play the Jaguars next week. And you could thank the NFL schedulers for that. But you finish the season against the Packers. And maybe you'll get a gift and Rodgers won't play. Who's their backup again? Isn't it like Tim Boyle?
4: No idea. Well, it was Deshaun Kaiser, at one point.
3: I wonder if in that in that situation they might play Jordan Love. Oh yeah. And then that but I don't think Jordan Love's really their backup. I think that they've been using I think it's something like Tim Boyle. That's if that's a real guy. I'm pretty sure it is, though. <laughs> but I could see I'm them. sure
4: there's a lot of Tim Boyle's in, in Chicago.
3: Remember what remember what the uh what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes his rookie year.
4: That was the last year he, of Mad Nagy.
3: He played in that last regular season game when they were sitting Alex Smith because they were locked up and he played well. Now I don't think with what we've seen from Aaron Rodgers this year, that they should be getting rid of him in the offseason uh, and turning to Jordan Love. Yeah, Tim Boyle has been the guy active on game day, backing things up. But that doesn't mean if you're in a situation where you have to start somebody in place Aaron Rodgers, you wouldn't go to Jordan Love. That would be really, really interesting and extra heartbreaking if you if the Bears lost to Jordan Love. In the week, what I
4: can actually see is Aaron Rodgers playing, but them resting other players. And maybe having, like, a snap count for Rodgers. To, uh, to for me, that's a
3: fireable offense. Yeah, I know. You're going to put Aaron Rodgers out there against Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, ah. Bilal Nichols with the playoffs coming up. I mean, that would be so dumb. I'm not talking their offensive line. I'm talking
4: some of their skill guys who usually deal with some bumps and bruises throughout their careers or if yeah. not this season.
3: Well. Playoffs. Because
4: you still got to beat the Jaguars next week, right? They're tanking. Come on. What type of scenarios or what type of things can the Jaguars' ownership institute this week to ensure consecutive losses to finish the season?
3: Okay, this is where I'm going to get on you for a second. This is not about the Jaguars. You said that earlier you have to keep perspective. Okay? You've been covering this team long enough to know perspective in covering this team. To know that losing to the Jaguars next week would be classic
4: <laughs> Bears. Yeah. I know. Do is there
3: anything in my brain that logically says as I watch the tape and go through the matchups that that should happen? No. Other than it's a thing that could happen because it's the Bears. Now, I think the way things are trending right now, I would be incredibly surprised if that did happen. But can't roll it out
4: it would take like a, uh, a horrendous turnover filled performance by the offense we're talking about like fumbles and botch punt returns and all sorts of things and the
3: defense playing awful
4: yes a complete lack of focus the early
3: line this line's almost suspicious enough to make you think it can happen how much do you think the bears are favored by six and a half? Six. That was a good guess. As we Get better now at this, we're, we're we're now going into uh, Bill Simmons and cousin Sal's guess the lines portion of the podcast. Um, that was pretty good. I feel like it should be higher. And haven't the Bears? The Bears have failed to cover both times they were favored this year, and they lost to the Lions. I think the only other game they were favored, Giants. Oh, no, they were favored last week against the Texans, weren't they?
4: No, they weren't. No, they weren't.
3: And they weren't favored today. The Giants game, they were favored, and they they won but did not cover. You watch. It's going to be about 2.30 next Sunday. It's going to be like a four-point game.
4: Small heart attacks going on across the city of Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Minor heart attacks, I should say. They took the
3: Vikings the overtime in Minnesota three weeks ago. The Vikings are tough to figure out, though,
4: man. They lost to the Browns by two. The Browns are going to the playoffs. Can we criticize the Vikings for a little bit here? I know we're about to end this show, but they should be a lot better than they are, right? Maybe. (laughs) I, I, I see the internal struggle that you're having.
3: Yeah. Well, they did have Eric Kendricks today. That makes a huge difference.
4: Or Kyle Rudolph.
3: Um, I think here's the internal struggle I'm having is yes, I watched them and there's some tweaks I cannot figure out why they're not playing better. I didn't feel like today was one of those days though. And I, they're also doing kind of what I thought they would do this season. So, you know, I, I thought they were on, they're rebuilding on the fly and I, I thought they'd have. A winning record by the end of the season, so they're underachieving a little bit to my expectations. But they also dug themselves such an they dug themselves a bigger hole than I thought. So I'm still kind of impressed with how they've come back, and I really do think they're going to be players next year. Like I think they did a good job of rebuilding on the fly in one year, and they're going to be good next year. That's what so I if you
4: if you follow well, th- that would make sense to what I'm about to say. If you follow Mike Zimmer's. Coaching history. He's, he's only had one losing record mm-hmm. with the Vikings, right? It was his first year, seven and nine. So they go from seven and nine to eleven and five to eight and eight to thirteen and three to eight and seven and one to ten and six to now six and eight. So it's there's your ebbs and flows of the Hogan Jazz podcast, right there, courtesy of Mike Zimmer's coaching history. There you go. All right. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Two year deal. Club option for the second year, going to say $21 million guaranteed. Nope. Total on the deal for two years? Total, total on the deal.
3: Wow. Adam Johns, he's gone from firing everybody to handing out contracts. Boom. When does A-Rob get his?
4: Mm, franchise tag, oh, 18000000 million. They're going to have to move some money, though. Uh, oh, they're in trouble. But Mitch would be cheaper than Dak. Very true.
3: There you go. And no trade compensation. You can keep Khalil Mack, who's still pretty good. There's no question about it. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue H O G E, at Adam Johns, J A H N S. Read us at NBCSportsChicago.com. That's me. My column's up. Accept Mitch for what he is. Accept it. Embrace it. Run the offense with it. Adam Johns, his stuff, his extension for Mitch Trubisky is up at theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Subscribe. Get two for one before the holiday. Still time to do that. Get that in. Nice last minute gift for anybody who might be looking for great sports content. Not just the Bears, but all kinds of sports content. Get it there. I appreciate everybody reading, listening, subscribing. Please rate and review the podcast. Um, We obviously did not do a live YouTube show this week. Uh, We're kind of honestly debating whether or not we should keep doing it every week or do it on special occasions. I would think right now week 17 would make a lot of sense for that. Uh, But we're kind of figuring it out. And if you have any feedback, positive or negative on those, we'd love to hear it on Twitter because we do take your comments on Twitter very seriously. So thanks for that. We'll be back Tuesday with voicemails, midweek episode, and um, it's tank week against the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence season. Let's
4: do it. We'll talk to you Tuesday. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God (laughs) bless.